So tonight, I got the honor and privilege of uh, sharing God's Word. Uh, God uses, uh, uses the weak at times. Uh, compared to God, we're all weak. We're going to be in the book of Acts. We're working our way through that. Acts chapter 1. Uh, getting situated here. We All right. Uh, well, I, I tell you, what a blessing it is to be here. You know, what a blessing it is to know, to have my rest and my assurance in a sovereign God, knowing that God is sovereign, knowing that God declares the beginning from the end, knowing that God spoke this world into existence. He was the Word with God in the beginning. Rest assured, we, we live under a sovereign God. And tonight we're going to look and see where we can see this sovereign God. We're going to look and see where He uses the weak to proclaim his word, we're going to try to get a deeper and a greater understanding of, of who he is, that sovereign God. We must always remember, it's a teeter-totter, I was told, I learned. If it's a teeter-totter. Remember, we're kids, we're in the teeter-totter, and the God's way up here, and you're down here. But once you want to exalt yourself above God and take his sovereignty away, then God is down here. We never want to do that. God is sovereign. He is always up here. He is in control. Our Lord. Amen. Chapter 1. The book of Acts. Uh, today, before I got here, I, uh, I was doing some gardening. I was away for uh, the last week and... Uh, and I learned something there. I learned a couple things. I learned one thing. I can't sing because I listened to some of the videos I was sharing. But that, that's, that's, I, I almost thought I was speaking in tongues, you know. And I, I know that ain't possible. So, uh, but uh, it, was, it was very spiritually uplifting. So I, I come home and I have these plants. And these plants, uh, I'm, I'm the vine dresser. I'm the gardener. God has put all, all things in subjection to this, his creation under here on this earth. We're in control of it. I've been growing this garden all year long. My, and, uh, my plants were still looking pretty good. The white flowers, not so good. But I did say a prayer. I put water on them, and they come back from life. They come back from being wilted and wearied and dead to full, full bloom again. I said, praise God, thank you. I'm picking my wife up tomorrow from the airport. But as I'm working in my garden, I begin to pick my tomatoes. I start thinking about the sovereignty of God. That God has put these under subjection to me. I begin to grow my garden. I'm picking my cherry tomatoes. They're so sweet and juicy and delicious. And I got one bucket over here. And I'm choosing which cherry tomatoes I'm going to pick. And I put them in this bucket. Then I have another bucket. And what I'm doing is I'm trimming away the dead. The diseased. I'm trimming that away, throwing in that bucket. I'm the one who's deciding. I'm sovereign over my tomato plants. I'm making the choice. And see, what I will do then is I'm going to take my cherry tomatoes, and on Wednesday and to other people, I will give them to the people who I choose to, just as God has chosen His elect and His people to give to His Son as a love offering. We're going to see that in the Scripture tonight. Not that John thinks so, but that's what the Scripture tells us. So if you would, if you have your, your Bibles open to the, uh, Acts chapter 1, let's just read verses 1 through 11. In the first book 
O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, You heard from me, for John the Baptist, John baptized with water, but you will be baptizing with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria into the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up in a, in a cloud, took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let us pray. Our most gracious heavenly Father, full of mercy, our sovereign God, who sent your Son Jesus to come down here in the form of his creation to manifest himself, Father, to live this life, this sinless life for us, that we could have salvation through him, through no other name but through him, our Jesus, your Jesus, we thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The book of Acts is going to tell us it's how the early church, the first Christian church had started, how it spread abroad, how it was. If we need to look for instruction on how to, to uh, run a church, to how to operate a church, how to grow a church, let's listen to what our God has to say. It will tell us through the chapters. It, it talks about the word of God continued to spread. The numbers of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests became obedient in the faith. Even the Jewish priests and Pharisees had became Christians, converted when they heard the word of God, and obedient to the faith. And as the Holy Spirit, it increased in the numbers. The word of God continued to advance. So the churches were strengthened, in faith and increased numbers daily. Amen. It's a continual theme that the book of Acts is going to share with us. We're going to be looking at the first uh, 11 verses in Acts. And it says, it starts out in this first book, O Theopolis. And we know from last week where I gave a lot of information as a Bible study that in the book of Luke it refers to Theopolis as most excellent the Theopolis. That means he, this person had some authority in the Roman Empire. It was a real person. But we believe that probably Theopolis means to love God, that this may not have been his, his true name. But our Luke is writing to Theopolis. 
And he says, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, what exactly did Luke do? He visited churches. He had firsthand testimony from the apostles, from the apostle Paul, James, John, all the apostles, all the churches, all the stories. And he heard what? He continued to teach and, and write these down, take notes, and recorded this information. Eyewitness testimony from firsthand knowledge. This is very important that we understand this. And what were all them things? Well, we know that, that we, he's seen the, and heard through the, through the manifestation that Jesus was the Word, and he, the Word was with God in the beginning. And this Word had manifested itself in the form of his creation to walk in this life as a human being, to be born a baby, to be, have live a sinless life, to start a ministry, to proclaim the truth, perform miracles all over the land, Jesus performed miracles. It was a miracle age. He even gave that a power to, to his apostles. But these miracles were clear miracles. They were, he was making the blind to see again, 100%. He was making the lame to walk again. He raised the dead. He performed these miracles to show that he is the Son of God that was manifested in the form of his creation. And he did this all about the land, in a small patch of land from Galilee. He chose his, his disciples soon to be apostles, performed all these miracles that they had seen, eyewitness testimony. Then he was, he was captured, taken, crucified, and resurrected from the dead. He defeated the tomb. He was the first to defeat death. We have a risen Savior. We have a risen God. He reappeared and came back to them in this 40-day period. And it says that, so Jesus at this time, what, what was taking place then, his last day before his crucifixion, what did, what did Jesus have to say? Well, I think we should go to John 17 and read Jesus' prayer. What did Jesus actually say? Because we're going to find out when he was talking about the kingdom of heaven to his to these disciples and his apostles. What was he talking about? Was he, was he talking about, oh, how wonderful, how marvelous it's going to be when you get into heaven? I, I don't think so. Matter of fact, he tells them there, when they ask if the, the, the kingdom of Israel will be restored, he tells them it's not for them to know. But he tells them, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. So he's going to share about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, the, the, the prayer, the Lord's prayer. What will be done in heaven will be done on earth. The kingdom of God is everywhere. God is sovereign over this earth. He's sovereign over heaven. He's sovereign over hell. The devil's his God. So this is the kingdom of God. He's going to proclaim to them the kingdom of God to his disciples. And what they're going to do. And in this prayer, what does he say? John chapter 17, verse 6. He says... I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Who gave who? God gave, chose these people and he gave them to the Lord Jesus. He says, you, yours they were and you gave them to me. 
Remember I was talking about picking the cherry tomatoes? I decided which ones that I was going to pick. I threw and clipped the, the diseased and them over there. And I'll choose to give my cherry tomatoes to who I choose to give them to. Not one of them cherry tomatoes said to me, John, I want you to give me to Logan. I didn't hear nothing out of them cherry tomatoes because I'm sovereign over my tomatoes. And we have a sovereign God that's sovereign over his people and he chooses who he chooses to give all to his son as a love offering. And here's Jesus praying back to God the Father. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. See, he's, not, he's praying for a select people, his people. He's not praying for the world. He's praying for the ones that you gave me. And, and I know some people are going to say, well, that was the disciples. That was his apostles. Okay, I'll give you that. Let's keep reading. He says, I'm praying for them, and I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction. Judas is in hell. That's what this says. He's guarded all of his that God gave to him. He's guarded each and every one of them. And this means that we can't lose our salvation. Nobody can pluck us out of God's hand. I have guarded them, and not one of them have been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Skip down to verse 20. I do not ask for these only, okay, not just the apostles, not just them there, but who else? But also for those who will believe in me through their words. Also for them who believe in Jesus through the apostles' words. That's us. That's us, Christian. That's us, beloved. Those who believe. That they may, may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, why am I stressing this about the, the sovereignty of God and about Jesus protecting his, preparing us, going before us? The assurance and the rest that I know that I rest in the sovereign God's hand, that I won't be lost. So important to know that, beloved. Now, 
Let's continue on. In verse 4, 3. He presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons what the Father has fixed by his own authority. But this is very interesting how they're asking about being restored to the kingdom of Israel. And the covenant promises that God has made to Israel, he will fulfill when he chooses to continue to fulfill them. But this time, it's, he's saying, there's no need for you to worry about right, this, this right now, but understand this, he says to them. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season of the Father fixed by his own authority, but what does he tell them? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all of Judah, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, to the end of the earth, I'm going to stop right there. And he tells them that the Holy Spirit, to the end of the earth. So now I, I would like to go to Matthew chapter 28. And he says, and we're, we're going to start from the very beginning here, too, because this is where we're going to start understanding how God uses, uh, his, how he uses the weak to accomplish what he wants. And in Matthew 28, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and two other, Mar other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come! See the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb. Mary and Mary Magdalene departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! They came up and took hold of his feet. I want, I want you to look at something here. They, 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 he said, Greetings! And they did what? They took hold of his feet. He wasn't just a spirit. He, he came back in the form of a man. They took hold of his feet. 
took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to him, and we know in Acts 1-3 that it tells us that he presented himself alive to them after his suffering. So we have a resurrected God. We have a living Jesus. He is not dead. He defeated death. He's the first to defeat death. He came back to him after his resurrection. They took a hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell, tell the people. His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep out of trouble. Keep out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story, and this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. To this very day, they they still believe this lie. And isn't Satan, since the beginning, isn't he the master of lies? To distort the truth? To try to uh, attack the incarnation of our God? And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. That doubted there. Some doubted. It was the same when Peter was in the boat and he stepped out of the water and he began to doubt. And Jesus came and said to them, I want to stop right there. I want to just take a look at who did Jesus use here? He used Mary and Mary Magdalene to go and tell the others. They weren't at the top of the list in society, these women. And then who were they going to go tell? His disciples. Fishermen, people that probably didn't have the ability to become rabbis. They were common people of a little town in Galilee, men of Galilee, fishermen. Everybody wanted their son to be a rabbi. If you didn't, if you couldn't memorize and able to memorize these books of the Bible, or you know, then you're gonna have to be a fisherman, you're gonna have to do this. See, God chose them. God chose these men. They had no ability. God chooses us, beloved. God can choose a person with no education, that don't know his ABCs, that's been through multiple, from one family to another growing up, been cut down, beat up, broken, lived a life of sin, And God can take that person, that weak. He can confound the wise because he's sovereign. He can do as he chooses. He used these people. And I want you to know, beloved, he can use you too. This sitting around and beating ourselves up and thinking we're not capable. I went to the G3 conference and I looked at giants in the faith. Every one of them had a PhD by their name. Everyone expounded on the word. Every one of them proclaiming the gospel. They're giants to me. And then I say, who's the, they're the giants there, but what about the other 8,000 people 
Are they not in the body of Christ? Are they not giants too to come and dedicate themselves to the Lord and, and do some bar, part in the body of Christ, whether it be with music or the supporting wife of the pastor and pastors in little churches that proclaim the truth of the gospel to each and every soul individually, one soul at a time. They're all giants too. We're all connected in one body. We heard the Lord's prayer Christ in him and them in them. We're all in one, in one body, united in the body of Christ. He will use who he chooses to use. And then he tells them, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you're wondering what about this discussion over the 40 days, what he was talking about. Do you think he was talking about the streets of gold and singing and all that? Or, or do you think that he was explaining to them that he says, I'm the sovereign God. All authority has been given to me. I will go before you. You go. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. You proclaim the gospel. You baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you declare repentance of their souls. To you, the weak people, I'm before you. You know, brother, when you're in the midst of your battle, wife, father, grandfather, right now you're sitting around and the mother's a nervous wreck. She may be a Christian woman and she's thinking, oh my God, I'm going to send my children to school and, and they're going to, next thing you know, they're going to come home and she's going to want to have her breast cut off, you know? And, and, the, and the father's thinking, what am I going to do? This world is just, just want to, if I may say it, hell in a handbag. You, you, got the, you got the crazy people running the crazy house. They're full of debased minds. The judgment of God is upon us, this nation, right now for not speaking what? The truth of God's word. Speaking the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is right here and each one of his believers is the kingdom of God and we are to speak the truth. And we are sitting around thinking we're so worried about everything that's going on around us. But he says, all authority has been given to him. Now I want you to think of this. We look at it like we're in the midst of this battle and we're losing. We're getting beat up, we're losing. I, I met a gentleman, uh, he was a Navy Cross recipient in the Vietnam War. He five foot four. Uh, he says, John, he says, it's not the size of the dog, it's the fight of the dog. I said, yeah, he says, uh, I'm in the history books. I said, oh, you are. He begins to tell me, he says, our base was getting overrun. He said, they're coming at us every direction, all around us. The base is being overrun. He says, we had to go two forward, one to the rear. They overrun the backs. We're shooting, boom, 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 boom. See? And, and, it, they, and still to this day, they don't know how they held that base after it got overrun. Beloved, you may feel like your base is overrun. And let me tell you what your sovereign God, Jesus, is saying right now. He's saying, I got them right where I want them because I'm in charge. That's what he's saying. He says, I will go into battle before you. I've, I've won the victory in death. I go before you. I'm with the Father. All authority has been given to me. I take you, the weak one, the one that stutters, the one that stumbles. You don't have to have a PhD. Don't you know my word? Have you not read my word? 
Wow, what an awesome God. That's what I'm talking about. We can rest in our assurance and, and knowing we have a sovereign God. This is how His church is built. Through these people. Not one of them had a PhD. They were fishermen. He says, he tells them, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, just, just like it tells, it tells in here, in Acts. He tells us, he says in, in verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness. Witness what? Everything that Jesus had done. Are you a witness for Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen the miracles he had? I tell you, brother, I have. You don't know what I've seen, the miracles, what I've seen? I've seen him take and regenerate my soul. I've seen him take a broken person who, who was warned against God, who chose to have oppositional defiance disorder and do what John wanted to do his life. I was selfish and self-centered and it was all about me and it was all about the flesh and it was all about my desires. And see, God chose not to turn me over to a debased mind. He says, I choose you, cherry tomato. You're the one I choose. I picked you. He says, I chose you before the foundation of the world to stand before a holy God, that I can stand holy and righteous before a holy God with nothing I did. I was warned against him. I was sinning against him. And I heard what I was witness to. I heard the word. I was drawn to the word. I believe. I repented of my sins. I acknowledged my wrong. And I had a repentant heart. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I began to hunger and thirst for the Word. And want to do God's Word. Desire to do God's will. See, that's how I seen Jesus. Because to this day, I still battle with the flesh. But you know what? I'm not doing the things I once did. It says, there is therefore now... There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. What does that say? He says, John, he says, you believe, you repent, you confess, you confess Jesus as the sovereign God. You confess Him, that He was the Word, and He was with God in the beginning, and He manifested Himself in the form of His creation, and He came to this world, and He lived the sinless life to take on your sins, to take on your sins, to take on your sins. You believe that. Confess your sins, and you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. And He says, there is now no condemnation for you, John. There's no condemnation for you, for once were some of you. That's what He says. I see my Jesus. I want to proclaim my Jesus. They're coming in. The battle of the base is overrun. But he went before us and he assures me. He says, he says, go therefore. All authority has been given to my God. Wow, what an awesome God. He did that for me. He'll do that for you, beloved. But we have to speak up for his word. We can't just sit around and, and not speak the truth of his word. We can't take his sovereignty away from him. There's a battle raging in our nation. They're raging against the church. Our, our job is to proclaim the truth of his life, the truth of his word. If you are saved and you're regenerated, the world in which we live in, we're under judgment right now. What do you, what do you mean, John? Well, from the White House on down, we're under the judgment of God. 
There's been a sexual revolution in this country. There's been a homosexual revolution in this country. God has turned our leaders and gave them a debased mind. And it's not because you voted for them or this or that, because God placed that leader. God placed Joe Biden in authority because he's a sovereign God and we are under judgment. See, that's the, that's the beauty of having a sovereign God. And it feels like our base is completely overrun. But are we speaking the truth? When did we let the truth, when did we just sit back and let the truth go by? When, 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 did the, when was it okay for you to, to uh, mutilate these children? When was it okay to commit murder? When was that okay? It's against God's law. All these things that I'm saying, John's not saying them. A sovereign God's saying it. Go to Genesis 1 through 11. God created them one man, one woman. He, the oldest institution in the world is marriage between one man and one woman. He knitted you in your mother's womb. It is wrong. It takes, it takes the sovereignty away from God. No excuses. We... We should not budge one iota on any of this stuff. I, I hear that the, 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 the pro-life had, uh, Louisiana was going to completely outlaw abortion and the pro-life activists uh, battle and fought against that. They're supposed to be pro-life. That, 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 that's not my camp. I am not in that camp. I'm in God's camp. Amen. And what God's word says, and God's word needs to be proclaimed. And until... We do that, and people hear it, then it's on to them. It's on them to think that we live in, we allowed that to go by for years, the, the whole abortion issue. And then the next, next thing you know, we got our children. Our children. How can you mutilate young children? How can we stand by as a church and be saying, we're in the body of Christ and say, this is okay? This is not okay. These people have a debased mind. I understand the person that has the debased mind that's, that's doing that because we all have a fallen nature in us. What about the doctors that are performing these surgeries? What about the dollars that are being made? Are we complicit to this because we know and we're not saying nothing? Have we stood up and said, no, this is wrong, we've had enough, no more? Now, granted, I'll, I'll vote for whatever is closest to God, but don't sign me up for other than only a sovereign God who's in charge. That's it. If, if it's a matter of, of, of voting for the, something closest, I was told it's not the fruit. We can't go after the fruit. It's the root, and the root is our heart. It's the evilness in the heart. So now... This was talking about the young church and how the church was growing, and I'm, I'm sorry that I, I brought in what's going on, an application in our, our culture today. This is the application part of this. They went, they told, the witnessing, they told all the things that were going on with Jesus. The church was, God will bless you. God will bless your numbers in the church. You proclaim the truth of God's word. You bow down to God. He will bless your church. He will bring you the numbers. The numbers is the body of Christ are growing. They're growing. His kingdom's growing right now today. Hearts are being saved. 
Being drawn to God. They can't be drawn to God with a false gospel. They can't be drawn to God where you lower God's sovereignty. For some reason, you think you're more sovereign over you, God. You can't take the teeter-totter and put yourself up here and place God down here. God has to always be up here. It cannot be, both of us cannot be up there. So now, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heavens, well, well, in the same way as you saw him go into heaven, he's going to return one day. And when he returns, he's going to defeat his last enemy. His last enemy is death. Okay? But until that time, in death, what is death, John? That's because of our fallen nature. We're all going to die. That's because the sin in the garden, God says that we shouldn't eat that tree because surely you'll die. And Satan says, surely you won't die. You'll be like God. The original sin was death because of that. Everything in this world, the hurricanes, tornadoes, pestilence, disease, the whole earth is groaning because of the fall of man. We have a fallen nature in us. We will, we're all going to die. That's proof that I'm telling you the truth. We're all going to die. Well, see, right here we know that the scripture tells us right here that he's commissioning his disciples, that small group, the men of Galilee, you little fishermen, you wee little people. He commissioned them to go with all authority to go about the world and spread the gospel of his truth. And some 2,000 years later, you have me proclaiming the truth. You have pastor proclaiming the truth. You had 8,000 people. We just come from Georgia proclaiming the truth. The gospel is spreading. God is in charge. You may think your base is getting overrun. It is not. Jesus says, I got them right where I want them now. Just get them all around me. Just get them, line them all up. Get them all around me. You cannot defeat a sovereign God. So, if I stepped on anybody's free will, I didn't mean to. I was a, there was a theologian that once said, he says, you know what? You do have free will. You have all the way up until it runs into God's free will. Then you just lost your free will because God is in control and he's sovereign. So now, how are we going to end this? Well, we're going to end this. We're going to end this with a... Uh, of repenting. Because I want you to know that my God, who's so sovereign, can, can take you, sinner, the, 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 maybe the woman who's gotten the abortion, maybe the person, the doctor, who's uh, completely removed the breast off this beautiful young child, the doctors, the mothers, all it takes is to recognize your sin. To the President of the United States, all he needs to know is understand, look to God and say, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I have a sovereign God. I want to repent. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And repent of your sins today. This is a command. The mouthpiece for the Lord says, repent. Come to the Lord. You are not winning. God is in control. He will continue to be in control. He has you right where He wants you. 
And the opportunity is for you. It's for you right now. Call out to the name of the Lord. Lord, I pray to give them a heart to know. And Lord, I pray to give them eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, you ask me to speak the truth of your word. Father, you do the work. You do the saving work as you did in me. And all of those who are saved, you did that saving work in them. And I ask you now, Lord, I pray in your name. Father, that, that hearts may be changed. But for those who decide not to, God wrote you a special letter. He did. And here's what God wanted to let you know. He wrote in Psalm number 2. Here's what God says. Here's what a sovereign God says. And uh, all sinners be put on notice. This is what your God has written to you. Psalm 2. It says, Lord's anointed. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Is that what's going on now? Are the, are the nations raging and they're plotting in vain, all the leaders together in the global warming and, and all these groups and all this is going on. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. They set themselves on high. They take God's sovereign authority away from that. They're in control. They're the president. I'm the ruler of this kingdom. The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed. What's against the Lord and what's, the, what's, what's against the, His word? Beloved, God has written His word He's not changing his word. Not one jot or not one tittle is going to be changed out of his word. He's given us this word. We're a witness to his word. You just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it that that is his word and that you're you're a sinner, that you can't do it alone. But see, they're not. Against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. God's laughing at you right now. Not like ha, 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 ha. It's just like he thinks it's just really, it's amusing to him. God, Jesus, at the right hand of God. The base is overrun. He's laughing. This is just amusing to him. That you little finite little creatures want to rebel against your creator. It's funny to him. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. 
Blessed are all who take refuge in him. See, this is what the God is, this is the sovereign God, what he's promising to you. It's been read to you, now you know. You've heard it. You're being put on notice. He's warning you, O rulers of earth. All we have to do is serve the Lord with fear and rejoice. How could you not think that this beautiful, that everything that God made, that it just kind of happened into existence? We're, we're talking about the creator of the, the heavens and the earth and everything that we see. He spoke it into existence. How could that not be true? The prophecy in Bible, over and over and over again in the Old Testament, you'll read how kings and rulers were, were just taken out when God declares it's time for them to go. God will use them for his sovereignty to, to capture Israel and carry them off, and then he'll punish them. But all they, any of them ever had to do is look at God as a sovereign God. Confess their self as sinners before an all-holy God. Let us just go to the Lord in prayer. Our sovereign God, our holy and merciful God, creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that declares the beginning from the end, that knows every hair on our head, that, know, that put the world on this axis, that made the stars, that made every living being. Father, we pray to you. Father, we pray for this land. We pray for our nation. Father, we, 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 we pray for repentance for the sins our nation has committed against you. For all the babies and our young children. Father, we ask for... For your strength, Father. We're in the ditch. We're, we're, we're getting overrun. The base is overrun. God, we need your help. We're asking for you. We're crying out to you. We need your help today. For my grandchildren, for your grandchildren, for our children's children. You are in authority, Father. You are in rule. We pray to you, Father. And I, I pray for anyone out there that hears this and, and is troubled by it, that just... Wait on the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Just as when he says, go, go, go back and wait. Put your trust in the Lord. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The Lord's winning. He's in control. But if you're warned against God, stop. Consider it. Think about it. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm incapable of doing this myself. Lord, I can't. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be this person no more, Father, please help me. I'm crying out to you, God. I'm incapable of doing it. Just cry out to the Lord. He's sovereign. He's in control. And for all of His, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Amen.